Hello and welcome to the Orville Roddenberry's podcast where we talk about the latest news and reviews, give our opinions, and make predictions. I'm Dan. I'm Connor. I'm Evan. And I'm Quinn. And we're the, the Orville Roddenberry's Stop podcast. It. Stop it. We're not doing that again. This was the last one. This was. The, did you guys get it all out? Yeah? No. <laughs> he's, saying, yes. he's going like this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you do it? It's all out, It's right? all out. It's all out. Stop doing these Vulcan hand signs. <laughs> the Romulan hand signs. So Picard, Romulan. It means we're keeping a secret. The Vulcan salute yes, with crossed fingers is now Romulan. Okay. What was this episode of Picard? This is Picard episode two. Maps. First season. Stars and bars. Stars and bars. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Maps was in it. I Maps think? and journeys. Maps and faps. <laughs> DJ fapping that. <laughs> See, what happened is the past couple of podcasts were like, hey, make us Earl Grey, Quinn. I make him much Earl Grey. It's a Star Trek reference. I never realized, I never realized like how, like, what is Earl Grey just like extra caffeinated or something? Well, it's black tea, so it has a lot of caffeine. Yeah. yeah. And then the sugar doesn't I never realized like that Picard just like needed to keep like hitting that like mainlining Earl Grey (laughs) to keep going throughout like his career. Yeah. Have, I get it now. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have as much as like coffee. Now he has Earl Grey syndrome. But, but Janeway was <laughs> dealing with a lot more. Oh, yeah. that's what happened to his parietal lobe. Which has more caffeine, decaffeinated coffee or regular Earl Grey? Ask that again and listen to yourself. Decaffeinated coffee Do- still has caffeine. Does it? Yes. Yeah, but only a very small amount. Yep. Earl Grey has more, definitely. Okay. Because he's decaffeinated like, Earl Grey. He's like two thirds of a coffee in terms of caffeine or something like that. Maybe oh. half. So I've got a big thing so. to drop about the, what you got. You got? Oh, no. A big thing to drop about. Yeah. I've got about this episode. Oh, about it's the a episode had. Maps and Legends. Maps and Legends. Yes. I get it. <clears throat> legends. Like a legend on a map. <gasps> oh. I don't think that's where they were and going. No, it's Jean Luc Picard is, is a legend. Oh. Maps and Legends. Maps. What was the maps? Maps and Legends. I don't get the name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get any of it. Uh, they got the map. Maps and they don't have a map. They, they kind there was of no map. Did. They because they got the they got the information from the hack and the thing computer. Yeah, the information so, they got was she's not on Earth. the The episode was about investigation and discovery, so maybe it was. So about if they had a map of the galaxy, they could cross off Earth. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but like... So what were you going to drop about this, Quinn? No, because well, this I'll, is going nowhere. That'll have to come in later. Um, there was a scene where it showed Picard in reflection of his clock, and you guys saw me writing, and you knew I was going to bring this up. It was very forced reflection. It was like obvious CG-like reflection. Picard found out he has a terminal disease. So it was an irregularity in his parietal lobe of his brain. Um, what is the parietal lobe? It's in the brain. Hmm. You don't know? It's in the, it's not the temporal lobe. Oh, because that's the time travel one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the lobe you need to time when travel. You go back in time. Is it like a pharyngeal lobe? Which no, one, the parietal? Those are it's like an lobes. ear lobe. <clears throat> umak, dude. The umak lobe. He I has like he has umak syndrome. I like that, dude. Uh, no, it's anyway. Yeah, he was. <laughs> anyway, after <laughs> after that, um, yeah, there was that really forced CG reflection of him on like an analog clock because he's a classic guy and he has stuff like that. Evan's complaining, but I realized, no, look, Picard's reflecting on time. I'm still time complaining about it. That's pretty dumb. It was good. Figured it's it was, I get what they're doing. This like is, right after, dude? It's high art. This episode Oof. is stick, really stepping things up. This is Discovery. Oh. So, so I, I yeah. just want to point out that I had not noticed it uh, myself, but I, I was reading, and someone had caught that in the previous episode, they sh- there's a scene where they you can see Picard in... The, in a mirror in his in his house and he's you're looking at him and you can in the mirror and you can see the reflection of uh behind him of there's a hat on a hat stand and it's his dixon hill hat from his holodeck episodes Uh, and it's positioned in the reflection so it looks like it's on his head oh he was in detective mode yeah that's these past two episodes have been about early i mean yeah yeah, he's trying to investigate what the plot of the show is going to be about i'm gonna admit i get Okay, the first episode's the pilot. You have to set up the premise. You have to set up where the characters are at, the big uh, conundrum they have to overcome for the rest of the series, right? This one was information gathering. It was kind of boring. I understand it had to happen, but I was like, 
Okay. Are you raising your hand? What is this? I wanted to drop a hot take on the show. Uh-oh. A hot take that I don't feel like I'm alone in. I don't... I think this show is forcing the relationship between Picard and Data to be more than it was in the shows. No, I think it was always a Kirk-Spock kind of close thing. No. I, it I, wasn't? I don't know. I don't think dude. it was a Kirk-Spock thing. I, I think there actually may have been more of a... At times, maybe a bit of a father-son thing going on with oh. Picard and Data. Well, that's <laughs> but, Picard and everyone on the ship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I don't. I never got the Kirk Spock. Like it, he was much more like that with Riker than with, uh, and even with Riker, yeah. he. It's like Picard didn't really hang out that much with him. I sort of agree with what you're saying, Connor. The, Thank you. The the only thing that that I would say is they definitely have. You know, a couple times he well, you know, he's mentioned about Data's death and how Data sacrificed himself to save Picard and how he's been mourning him for twenty years. So I, 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 I kind of get it, but I think I can sort of forgive it in a bit of it's almost like it's Picard's guilt about Data because he knows Data sacrificed himself. Oh. Like so, like that has made him like value the relationship more than he actually even did while Data was still around. I could say that especially because in Nemesis, there was a big, um, his clone was a total bad guy and he knew that was him. So there was like that extra bit of guilt too. It's almost like a, I did this. Yeah. I think this show is kind not, not what's the word I'm looking for, where you rewrite history. Retcon? Revisionist. Okay. I don't think it's revi- revising the relationship they had in the past because like he, Picard was very stiff in his, I'm the captain. I'm not going to have relationships with people. It's very professional. Yeah. Very professional until the last episode where he played poker with everyone. And let then, his hair down. Yeah, let his, well, lack of hair down. But I feel that for as close as Data and Jordy LaForge were, it should be a LaForge show rather than Picard. I don't agree with that point, but I guess you're saying in terms of the relationship dynamic, yeah. Data literally said, you are my best friend, Jordy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. He's I'd, never, rather, I'd rather have a Jordy show. I'm going to straight up say it He never said he liked Picard. You know what? Picard's only really reflect on Data's death during the show. So it might not be that they were friends. It might be, yeah, I think it was that event was the big deal. They weren't friends, but like he's making, well, he made art for everyone. Data. Let me say this. Picard for... is not a sequel to TNG. It's a sequel to Nemesis. I think I really yeah. feel that. I feel yeah. like this Picard is a sequel to the movie Picard, not the show Picard. And maybe the syndrome they made mm-hmm. up is to explain the changes between TV show Picard and movie Picard. Okay, <laughs> okay. So now you brought up the syndrome. You, you talked about it once. You've brought it up here. So I do have to point out that in the series finale of Star Trek The Next Generation, the one where they... Um, uh, all good things. Mm-hmm. The one where they were jumping around the three different timelines. In the present timeline, Crusher noticed an anomaly on Picard's parietal lobe, oh. and that turned out to be the cause of his irrematic syndrome that he had later in life, where he was kind of like as the old guy, he was kind of crazy, you know, kind of losing it. Uh, that was that was initially noticed by Crusher as a uh, anomaly on his uh, parietal lobe. So what they're talking about here, it's not something they just came up with for this. That actually refers back to uh, the final episode of TNG. All good things. All good things. So listen, the parietal lobes um, are important to the function processing of sensory information, understanding spatial orientation, and body awareness. Wasn't his abnormality in that episode causing him some weird visions? Yeah, I think so. And it, quick to anger. Well, I don't know, but what if that's happening? Because that is the big thing that occurred to me watching this episode. Something's going on, and at one point I, I was like, is any of this real, or is, are we getting fight clubbed? I've, I remember sitting, I think Evan said Picard is uh, an android or something yeah. during the episode. And it made a lot of sense because I, I'm still caught up on the first episode where after Dodge blew up, Picard woke up at home. Yeah. Yeah, that bothered me, and that seemed like it was. I, what if we're meant to doubt it? What if we're meant to go? Is is he telling the truth? Is real? Because there was a reflection of disruptor. I, I was so so that I was kind of going down that path after having watched just the first episode of thinking, did that actually really happen, or was that in his mind, or what exactly happened there? I, I think in this episode they actually made it pretty clear that, you know, the Romulans have infiltrated Starfleet and. Yeah. 
were part of that. I'm well, not the Ramblins, the uh, the Yashatar, the Yashatars. <laughs> Yeah, the, so Jod, Tashi, the Romulan Fash. secret backwards. The it's, the Ro- it's the Romulan secret pol- police, the Tashi R. It's the yeah. secret secret police. Yeah. It's not it's the, oh, actually, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not the, the Yashatar to the Yashatar. <laughs> yeah. Yashatar to Ta- Talshiar. Talshiar. Yes. Yeah, the Yashatar to the Talshiar. Tashiar and Talshiar are two different things in Star Trek, and they were both from the next generation. Yes, I'm talking about the Talshiar. <laughs> I've got to say it's been a while since we had an episode this bad. It's been a while. <laughs> I went overboard when I made you guys that roll gray. So the episode started with the attack on Mars. On a yeah, we got to see androids. Planitia? On, what was that? Uh, Utopia. Utopia Planitia. The yes. shipyards. And it uh, happened on first contact day. You know what I noticed? Um, Mars is remarkably under terraformed and colonized in those shots. Yeah. It's yeah. like they built the first colony like, we're good. Looks like Mars from the Expanse, really. That's what I was in, thinking, yeah. exactly. Yeah. In, in fact, when they showed the outside shots and they showed like with the, the shuttles landing and that, I don't know if I saw anybody outside working on them other than androids. It definitely looked like there's no atmosphere. Yeah. There's definitely no greenery, which is an important part to terraforming. Right. So I, I, think, in, I think in this, it, it's not terraformed. Why? Did I read something about people terraforming Venus? No, listen. Okay, sidebar. Venus? I love reading about space stuff, right? I saw this article where it's like, you know what? The planet that's closest to Earth is actually Mercury. I'm like, "Mm, how's this working? Let's look it up. And then the guy's like, well, someone figured out that if you take into account average distances, Mm. because Mercury goes around the sun the fastest, so it, it passes by other planets... Anyway, on average, yeah, it yeah. is the closest planet to all of the planets. Oh, sure. And I was like, oh, why did I waste my time reading this? Yes. Why did you waste your time telling us this? Because I wanted to share it. <laughs> I didn't want to go through <laughs> this Misery alone. loves company. And mm-hmm. now all two people listening to this episode know that fact, too. <laughs> Dude, wait till, You're I, welcome. wait till I start telling you about, was it frame dragging? I was reading about that. When high gravity objects are rotating. Never oh, mind. Yeah, yeah. Why are people racist towards androids? Well, because they look, they seem as not equal, not human. You know, they look down on them. It's like I don't need to treat this special. Well, it's, it seems like they weren't even like, uh, yeah, like sapient or sentient. It was like they're they're trying to like put them up as oh they're not people. Which I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was just like a which yeah. I mean, I maybe get, that was just them being racist towards synth. Like racist I, isn't the word, but you get the point. I yeah. get that you need people to be mean to them for there to be an uprising. Okay, there's a moral issue here, but yeah, one. They, I, I'm assuming the story, the subtext seems to be they're treating them as lesser because they're not organic, right? But right. on the other hand, if they really didn't see them as individuals or as other people, why even have that much energy around it? Why yeah, would you, you need wouldn't to, address it. I don't address a hammer. I know. I don't disrespect my smartphone. Yeah. I, I, sh- I should talk my Alexa, but she's part, she enjoys it. So, yeah, it, it, it is a little bit of a weird thing going on, but I think... I just think that since Star Trek has a history of, oh, these things aren't really human, and then eventually, oh, they are their own species, like with the holograms on uh, Voyager. Right. Oh, oh this, yeah, yeah. They treated story. they treated the hologram like just a tool for yeah. a long time. You know, they would just to turn him off, and he was like, you know, that would upset him. He just would get turned off against his will all the time. Mm-hmm. That big actually mood. became a big. Uh, that became a big uh, part of the storyline there. And then it eventually there were uh, hologram rights and like they were accepted as their own kind of, not species, but, you know, sentient right. beings. Recognized as a form of life. I don't feel that that is the first time it's ever happened. And if that's a constant happening in the human, in the Federation, you know, history, don't you think after a while you would start to like just stop hating things? Like, okay, there was an episode of the original series where Abraham Lincoln was on the Enterprise uh-huh. and he was talking to Uhura. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And he, this isn't me, this is Abraham Lincoln. He <laughs> called Uhura, <laughs> he called her a Negro. A Negress. Negress. Oh, sorry, Dan. I didn't yeah. mean to offend you. Um, he, he called her that and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And her, she looked at Kirk like, what? I didn't even know that there was anything to be offended by. And he had to explain that, oh, I'm sorry, I was talking to you as if you were uh, like a, a possession, a property of mine. 
And the, the idea of racism was such a foreign concept, they didn't even know to be insulted in the future. Yeah, that was, I think that was the really cool, unique perspective about Star Trek originally, was there's lots of science fiction already about how really advanced enlightened aliens come to Earth and we're inferior uh, to them. Yeah. But Star Trek gave us a perspective, you are the advanced alien. You've reached that utopia. There's no poverty. There's no hunger. There's, there's no, no bigotry. Yeah. And we're bumping into these less developed aliens and trying to show them our way. And that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that, that sense, I've, yeah, that's true. We should have been able to assume that Starfleet, Earth, the Federation, that they're kind of beyond that stuff. So it was weird. So to, to go from that perspective of like, we are the enlightened species or enlightened alien beings to, haha, stupid hammer. To quote Picard, it's not Starfleet anymore. That's fair. Yeah. It's a different time. I mean, it's a different time now than it was then. It's in Star Trek and in real life. If you were going to be racist towards anything, I don't think it'd be an android. I think it would be the Romulans at this point. Oh, we're seeing plenty of that. Yeah. And even why? Speaking I, of Romulans. I just feel like this this show has is putting a bad taste in my mouth because it's not as Star Trek <laughs> as the other sh- series have been. But maybe I'm that's ex- the main theme of the show. He's trying to make Starfleet Starfleet again or something. Oh, I don't he, know. He's trying to make Starfleet great again. <laughs> I yeah. think what we liked and respect about Starfleet was actually the captains who were the leads of the shows that we watched. Also, Starfleet versus the Federation. I'm still fucking I think, yeah, baffled. I'm using that's, them interchangeably. That's yeah. always been... Ever that's always been a little confusing. Captain of the Federation, Starfleet. Wait, Starship. Starship. Yeah. So Federation is the the uh, faction. It's their UN, and Starfleet is the actual military the organization. Corps. Yes. Are there non-Earth Starfleet ships? Yes. Yeah. There are at least there have back yeah, in the old Martian, series, um, like the USS Intrepid was uh, a Vulcan ship. Now, why why they gave the Vulcan the Intrepid? I mean, it's it's a little bit weird, but it was manned entirely by Vulcans. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, was that the baseball episode from DS Nine? No, no. This is this is original series. It was the Immunity Syndrome. It's where they run into, I think, a giant amoeba in space. There was an episode of DS Nine where it was an entire, I think, yeah, I, I want to say Galaxy class ship. That was all uh, crewed by Vulcans, and they were Starfleet. Yeah, see, yeah, they weren't so. racist. I mean, they they were segregate, segregated as fuck, but they weren't racist. At times. Yeah. Speciesist? <laughs> yeah, no, but actually, back to what you're saying, yeah, I, I, I do get it, and I think there's a couple things, I think, that are going on. One, like, you know, Star Trek, like, up through the next generation, definitely had that uh, very utopian... Uh, this is a wonderful future to live in type uh, mm-hmm. type thing. DS9 got a bit darker with that, certainly. I think, it, yeah, absolutely. I think the series went darker whenever Roddenberry died. Because Gene yeah. Roddenberry was a big proponent of there will never be interpersonal like. Yeah, he conflict. was really big on the humanism. I, yeah. I yeah. heard a story about the writer, producer of Deep Space Nine. Someone had a, a bust of Roddenberry in his office, like on the desk with a blindfold on him. Oh, damn. <laughs> it was kind That's of an great. acknowledgement yeah. of we get what we're doing, but this is how we're going to keep the, it alive. The, the one the one thing, though, that I think is kind of interesting about what they're doing with with uh, Picard is with the with the attack on Mars. I mean, if you know, effectively, that's like their nine eleven, right? Mm-hmm. So quote Alex Kurtzman, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happened on First Contact Day. Yeah, so it's it's definitely, you know, I think the sort of take on what would happen in you know in this like society where everybody is like you know very. Uh, it, it's just this great society. Everybody's happy. Everybody's friendly. Everybody's getting along. And then this sort of thing happens. Would there actually be maybe even more of an overreaction to it because you're so not used to that type thing? And then I think the storyline in here is going to actually be Picard being the one to try to actually save more than just you know the, this uh, this one android, but actually save save the Federation. Save the you know restore. Save the cheerleader. Save the world. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Maybe exactly, but maybe not exactly. (laughs) So there's something else. There's something else that I'm kind of curious about too. That and I have to. um, This isn't something I came up with, but I heard it on a uh, 
another podcast I was listening to. It's the The Picard. Um, just to give him credit, because I don't want to. I'm not trying to steal this guy's theory and claim it for my own. But I thought it was. I thought it was really kind of interesting. They're talking about the idea of like this that the android attack may not be as intentionally malicious as it appears um, with the idea that with the idea that if the androids maybe they are like a bit of a like a hive mind and can communicate because you see and and actually i think they may have said this before seeing this new episode i think this is but you see where just before f8 kind of goes and flips out you see his eyes kind of like light up and yeah. do something i assume that was like a sleeper cell activation i thought yeah. that was like a firmware update right well like that and it could it could be that <clears throat> it could also be a some I, whatever it is it's some form of communication with something else right yeah um, with the idea that maybe there was a reason that the attack on Mars was clearly intended to stop uh, Starfleet from being able to rescue the Romulans. Mm-hmm. So was there a reason for the for the synthetics to want to stop that? And the idea was that they had decided in their collective mind that the outcome for the Federation if they brought the Romulans in was going to be worse than if they didn't. And it kind of relates back. There was an episode on um, deep space nine where they had these uh, like genetically enhanced um, humans. There's like four of them. The think tank, the think tank. And they were all kind of like really like had all weird social things going on, Mm -hmm. but they were like just brilliant. And they came to the conclusion that it was going to be worse for the Federation to fight the dominion. And we should just surrender now was their suggestion that that was their thing that they wanted to try to get the yeah. Federation just to surrender uh-huh. because that would have a less costly outcome. So the idea was that maybe it's a sense are doing something along those lines, you know, and whether they're correct about it or not, you know, obviously it to be, will be to be found out. Um, but it was, I thought that was an interesting take on it and, and possibly something there because I don't think that they could, you know, certainly I don't think they're going to go through the series and make it that the synths are bad. Well, I mean, especially with the reveal that the, uh, the Tashiar also have a second layer of Tashiar behind them that are basically AI secret police and try to get rid of AI everywhere. The John they see Bosch. It. Yeah. 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 I really disliked. I feel like that was again, kind of forced into the show where like, yeah, the Tashiar, but like there's a secret, secret police that like their whole, their MO is I hate androids. I hate artificial intelligences. And mm-hmm. we're just, that's our whole thing. So you would think section 31 would be that way. Oh, if you're going by Discovery, they fought. Uh, that I forgot about Control yeah, again. Control. Yeah. control. Every single week, I remember and forget about that sub like plot oh, of yeah. Discovery. Oh, I. You know what? This actually fits into something else I was thinking. <clears throat> um, so talking about the whole AI and stuff like that. That. Um, I, so one thing I just want to point out in the opening credits, there's one of the scenes where they do like the circle that like, it becomes like this like red circle that you're looking into reminds me so much of how from 2001, you know, the, the computer controlling the ship that like goes, has a breakdown, goes psychotic. Right. So been there, done that. Daystrom Institute. That's been a, uh, a focal point of the show. They're the ones that created the, the androids. Um, back in the original series, uh, Richard Daystrom was the inventor of the duotronic computer. And there was an episode called the ultimate computer where they in, they installed the new M five computer on board the enterprise and were showing how it could control the ship better than the humans could. And they had it doing some like war game exercises. And then, and it started doing weird things. Like it would shut down life support in parts of the ship because it just decided, Hey, no one's there. We don't need to be wasting energy on it. And it started getting more and more efficient. And then it kind of started doing weird things. And then it started attacking things that shouldn't do and having this big breakdown. And throughout the course of the episode, they find out that like, you know, Daystrom implanted his own engrams on the computer. That's how he helped make it. And he was actually mentally unstable and he transferred that to the computer and it had a breakdown and kind of took over. So I think they may actually be wrapping that whole Daystrom, uh, Institute kind of thing back around like that. And that is kind of then fits in with the whole thing with like, you know, like control, 
you know, that was their tool to like run the whole Starfleet more efficiently and get all their knowledge. But then it started wanting to take over everything and, and, you know, do things on its own, not follow orders basically. Hmm. So I, I, they've just been so big on Daystrom, Daystrom, Daystrom all the time. And in the original series, Daystrom was a guy who was kind of a bit crazy, who programmed a computer that like went crazy on him. I think the motivation behind the synth attack, um, there's like maybe three really logical ways it could play out. There's what you were saying, which was the androids decide on their own this was a tactical move long term to prevent the Romulan rescue. Another one is the Jad Vash. Maybe the the okay, it could be that. There's a greater good here. Or it could be a more shorter thing. The hold on, let me reorganize. So A the androids decided tactically the Romulans should not be rescued. B, the Romulans decide, or the the androids decided that we can't, we shouldn't rescue the Romulans because they knew about the Jadvash and were at some sort of secret war with them. Evan, <coughs> what's up? <laughs> Sorry, I ran out of. Gr- or or C, I think the Jadvash could have been behind it so that the androids would look bad and then people would get rid of them. Hmm. I hope this show isn't about the Jadvash being a secret Section 31. It already it's, is about it that. It already is. It is. Like, they, that was literally the plot of this episode. They've been in they every episode so far. They had the fucking so Starfleet security master plant or whatever. I remember they were t- the writer of the show was talking with uh, the first director of the show, and it was on the uh, William Wheaton after show. The, was it not Talk Trek? But William Wheaton. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Will Wheaton, whatever. So William. Wheaton. I was like, what's his what's his name? Will. I was buying Will time. Wheaton. Will Wheaton. He, the writer on the show was talking about how he was like, we need to get John. Not John. We need to get Patrick Stewart onto the show. How will we do it? It's so important to get Patrick Stewart on Picard. Yeah, and they wrote like the. <laughs> it's yeah, so important, up. guys. I cannot tell. I can't stress the importance of this. Well, until the season finale, where they revealed that the ship's actually called Picard. Yeah, they wrote a a script. I want to say like thirty or something page script, mm-hmm. and then submitted it to him. And Patrick Stewart turned it down, saying, "No, thank you. Not what I'm looking for." And returned it. And the writer was told, you know, okay, well, just go write for this show for, you know, do some episodes for that. But while he was doing that, he's like, I, I feel like I have an idea for what would catch Patrick Stewart's like fancy and what would get him onto the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. for the next few days, more he, money. <laughs> <laughs> so for the next few days, he like he couldn't write. It's like he had writer's block, but the only way he can get out of that was by writing this idea that he had. So he wrote some another like thirty page like this is my this is the packet that's gonna get Patrick Stewart onto the show, and they were having talks like again let's bring Patrick Stewart in just sh- you know show him this just to see what he you know what he feels like, and they gave him the packet and he read it and he goes this is amazing this, if this is what the show is I'll do it, and they got him to sign the contract they got him to sign the contract and this is and not the show that they were doing they got rid of that packet and yeah. they went with the original. They uh, they showed really? him the script to Transformers. <laughs> Why would they even tell that story? That was weird. Yeah, is that really what happened? I've heard the original pitch because of Patrick Stewart's input, and like they made enough changes to make him happy, and it has none of the original pitch ideas. I heard that. Yeah. I didn't hear they did the old bait and. Why would no? He wouldn't do it if they bait and switched. Well, him. I don't. Well, now he has to. Like he's rich enough to take <laughs> the hit, right? Sign the contract, right? my dude. Yeah, he signed the contract, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm just so sick of like fucking AI plots in like sci-fi in science fiction. Yeah, because like I'm I just, hate I've seen it so many times and I've seen it done well so many times that I'm like I've already seen the best versions of this plot. I don't want to do it again. And I hate how we're going from Star Trek Discovery season two, which is about that. It's about an AI that's yeah. gone awry, and there's uh. a secret service that's attempting to kill it. To doing that again for Picard. That's true. I didn't see that parallel. Because, like, I guess, like, Star Trek never went really too hard onto the AI shit, and that's, like, become more and more popular over the years. It's because it's like, oh, AI is going to be the biggest turning point in human technology and shit. So now it's becoming a more and more relevant topic. But it's just, like, it's, again, it's just been done so many times, even if it is relevant. I'm just sick of it. It's been done so many times, and it was just done. 
like yeah, yeah, a year yeah, ago. Yeah. Literally, this time last year, we were watching Discovery season two, where this is exactly what was happening. I, I really hope as it goes forward that it kind of like concentrates, and I think it looks like it's going to go this way, a, a bit more on what's going on with the uh, Borg and the Romulans. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Uh, and less on the, uh, the synths. I was on the IMDb and it said Jerry Ryan is in five episodes of Picard. So Is that Hugh? No, it's no, seven, seven of nine. nine. Oh, Jerry Ryan. Jonathan oh, Del Arco. Je- look, yeah. Jerry can be. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I said, I go, oh, yeah, that's a pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Jonathan Del Arco is Hugh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Borg are definitely more interesting of a plot to me just because, like, you know, it has different elements than just, like, AI. Like, the idea of, like, a hive mind is more interesting and, like, it, it, it can be done really well. Isn't that an AI, though? Uh, not really the no. borg are millennials if they're a hive mind that's just made of a bunch of different you know yeah like, no they're they're not it, ai they're similar actually in concept in terms of how they can play out the plot but but they're 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 normal um uh, organic minds that are linked together yeah do you think the romulans are trying to capture that collective mi- hive mind technology I don't get what the, why the Borg are in this other than to get me to watch it. I don't know if this is like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why the Borg are there. Well, I don't it, know why they're, they're wrong. They were in TNG. And they were a fucking hit. Yeah. I don't know why the Romulans are on the Borg ship. If anything... Well, she said that they're selling the technology and like they're making money off in, of it. In all like the stuff, I don't know that... They, I don't think they've ever really done this in anything that's actually truly canon, but right on the edges of canon... They always have the Romulans messing around with Borg technology. Yeah. They did it in the comic book leading up to the 2009 Star Trek. They've done it in a lot of the stories, the books. Uh, That's always been this like kind of common theme, Uh, but they've never actually done it as canon yet. The Romulans are technologically equal, if not more advanced than Starfleet, right? Yes. Well, they're technically supposed to be behind in terms of engineering, but this show is saying they are actually much more advanced than the Federation knew and that their their MO is making other species think that their stuff is always messing yeah. up and I mean, unreliable. I liked, I liked that, by the way. Whenever they were in the uh, Dosh's uh, apartment mm. and the one chick had the molecular reconstructor crime scene unit, whatever. Yeah. Tech talk. The, uh, the JoJo reference. The Moody Blues. Uh, oh, I, I, I said it was trouble in terrorist town. It reminded me of uh, the in in the uh, the Batman Arkham games. The, oh the, yeah, they, he is, he did yeah. that where you'd recreate the crime scene, looking at the evidence, and oh. it would give you like the little like sketchy version of it. It's also yeah. on Tom Clancy's The Division. Same thing oh, happened. I didn't it's catch it. That was a JoJo reference, yeah, though. It's the Moody yeah. Blues. Um, I liked where she was saying, like Picard was saying, like that technology is outlawed here. She's like. Okay, you gonna call the cops, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, also, it's like it's very like crude and like it, it's not trustworthy. Highly dubious. Highly dubious. Yeah. And she goes, "That's just what we wanted you guys to think." And I'm like, "God also, damn!" Perfect response. Either yeah. before, or after that, they uh, say that Romulan technology doesn't uh, have like AI in general, and that their computers yeah. are very basic and used for number crunching and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they've ever said that before. No, no, I don't think they've ever said that. So that's kind of interesting. Also, how the fuck do they recreate a scene without like an AI doing it? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, I, why is it illegal? I, I think they're. I think because they're, they're afraid of AI and stuff. No. I why is it illegal in the Federation? Because it's Romulan. I'm thinking either it can be used to fake surveillance energy or or surveillance footage or the way it works is kind of unethical. Well, I think huh. there's always. I don't know. Another thing they've always had is that like Romulan shit is illegal in the Federation. Period. You know, the, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. The Romulan ale. You couldn't get that. McCoy, yeah. McCoy used to have a guy smuggle it across the uh, neutral zone for him. Maybe because like everything that comes from Romulus is like hot mic'd and like, you know, <laughs> just covered in <laughs> yeah. viruses yeah. and malware. Yeah. <laughs> the Romulan ale had um that's why they wanted more technology for the Borg nanoprobes that had microphones and cameras inside of. Oh shit! You know it's interesting. Like when you're talking about like the technology, because really, it's always been kind of a weird mix with the Romulans. I mean, back in Balance of Terror, the you know they the ship of course it had the cloaking device, and at the time the Federation didn't have that. In fact, they had another in the original series Enterprise incident where they actually stole the cloaking device from a Romulan ship. Uh, but the Romulan uh, warbird had the a, a new weapon that they had never seen before. That oh, was the like, bird of prey. Yeah, the bird Nothing, of prey. Yeah, yeah, had a, had a, this weapon that was um, able to destroy like a you know Federation outpost in like one blast uh, type thing. But they also at one point in that used 
like nuclear warheads and like the, you know, on the enterprise are commenting on how they were like kind of primitive. So they had this weird mix of like older and new. Yeah. They made it seem like the Romulans are known to be primitive, but are making a surprising jump recently. Yeah. So TOS saw what was probably like an industrial revolution for Romulus. I, and I think that they had actually in some of the, again, this is not canon stuff, but I think believe in some of the, the books, they had kind of made a big deal about like who the Romulans were interacting with on the far side of Romulan space. They are closest to um, Borg space yeah. than anyone else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've had more interaction potentially with them and again going back to early on in uh in next generation it was a romulan episode was where they first intended to bring the borg in it didn't work out that way because of a writer's strike and they kind of delayed that storyline a bit but that's where they were first going to introduce them do you guys remember what the first borg on screen looked like it was it was a guy with like pale zombie makeup wearing basically a wetsuit with like dark circuit boards taped to it except it wasn't even circuit boards it was like plastic tubes yeah. Do you guys remember what the first Ferengi looked like? Oh yeah, they had like yeah. they had like uh, spandex outfits. They crouched over and just tried. They to had like you. a golem posture. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the entire like ship was this white. Oh, just a totally big white, white room. You couldn't screen, see yeah. anything. Yeah, they're it, really imposing. It, yeah. it looked like someone had forgotten to put the uh, y- yeah the know, backdrop. The, the, yeah, the the uh, the rear projection thing on. <laughs> there was a lot of buildup too. Like these guys have really high technology, and we're yeah. going to contact them. And so the viewers are like, "Oh my god, what is this? What's this new species?" A lot of gravitas, you know, because I think you had said that yep. these were originally meant to be like the big bad main rivals of the next generation, not the Klingons. Yeah, they showed the Ferengi ship from the rear before, so it looked like it was shaped like a dome or a flying saucer. I thought that was neat. Then they had spin around to show. No, it's more like whatever it is, horseshoe crab. Right, horseshoe crab. But yeah, when they actually showed the Frank in action, they they were not scary. It was hard to take them serious. Yeah, I like um, on the episode whenever they were at the Borg cube and the uh, Dosh's sister was helping the trill the trill girl put her uniform on. Is it Soji or so? Soji. 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 I think it's Soji. Soji. What do these names mean? Dodge and Soji. I have no idea. Um, but someone in like Uruguay is like, "Oh my god, I know what that means." Like some weird. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe it's a. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Maybe it's Maddox has his own headcanon of what it. Anyway, it's like Soon Young, Son Soon Young backwards or something. I don't know. But. Uh, Wait, da- hold on. Is it? No. No, <laughs> no it's not. <laughs> is it broken? Up? Okay, yeah. Go on. No. Um. No. Dodge's sister. What, what's your name? Soji. Soji was helping this trill girl put her uniform on. And she, she's I wish she was Dodge and her, so it sounds like daughter. <laughs> Dodge and her. Like, no, what were you, no, finish yeah, the, tri- the trill girl was saying that she's like trying to get into the Romulan. Like, like this is her um, entrance exam to being a member, yeah. uh, like a, a citizenship in the Romulus. And like she has to work here for a certain amount of time, and like she's scared and doesn't really know, you know, scared of the Borg, and so uh, so that's what led me to believe that there are like they had tons of different aliens. They had lots uh, of different yeah aliens. humans, yeah. one Andorians, yeah, yeah humans Andorians, Trill, Omai, oh and they had the one weird like had like a new alien species I didn't know. Did Did you notice that they had another one of those when uh, Picard came yeah. over to Starfleet? Yep. Yeah, yeah, she was walking out, and then yeah, um, it was a weird like. All long white hair, with like clay colored skin, but with like a white skull. There's something bird like yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. It looked like a bird superhero. Like a bird yeah. skeleton. A, b- person. a bird with a domino mask. Um, so I'm still on the fence with the new alien species. Like, I'm, I'm going to. He says, I loving Star liked, Wars. I haven't liked a lot of them. Well, Star Wars, they do funky comedinas, but like this one is just like. It's like a weird mix of they have a budget, but they're trying to emulate when they didn't have a budget. So you have stuff like, uh, fuck, I, I don't know the name of the species, but AOC from Star Trek Discovery. Zahian. Zahian. Yeah, they have that weird thing where they blink sideways despite having normal yeah. eyelids and it just bugs the shit well, out cats, of me. Cats, cats have two eyelids. Yeah, but like when they blink, it's usually like an automatic and you usually never see the side eyelids. Unless, unless they shake like, their head. Unless they're like really high as fuck. Then they like sometimes just woke up. Yeah. You start Vulcan, rubbing their ears and they Vulcans like have it. two eyelids as well. Sideways? <laughs> so do humans. No, uh, v- v- fine. Vulcans have four. Okay. Oh, damn. And probably Romulans. It's gross. They've got a nictitating membrane. Yeah. You what? And then there is the pig man. Yeah. They weren't wearing Napoleonic oh, right. outfits. Oh, yeah. Those are different. So I, I get that there's... 
I just feel like they're trying to push in their not push in their new like alien species. I'm they're needlessly with, having new alien species into the show that will never be explained. I'm fine with them adding like new because it's a federation. They they say 13 species didn't like this. Like it's implied that there's fuck tons of like different species in the federation. But like I just again I hate that they're trying to emulate the old style when they actually have a budget to make like unique looking alien people, but they're just still doing fucking rich shit. But like HD. What's kind of funny about it is like in any of the old episodes, if they had like a new alien, the episode was pretty much always about that new alien. Yeah. There wasn't anything mm-hmm. where you just have them there, but you wouldn't say anything about them. So it's kind. But I will say that and this is again I think it's going to the whole thing about you know they've got a budget on this. In some of the in some of the movies, uh, they whenever they would have a scene where it was like a large crowd, like there was like one in like um, I, I, at Star Trek three or four, where they had um, like a whole big crowd gathered at some Federation headquarters thing with like like stadium seating type thing, and they had just a a shit ton of different aliens that you just got a very long shot of and didn't even see very clearly. So they didn't have to spend too much money on doing them. But this feels like they're trying to do that in a lot of scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like you have tons of alien species with well fleshed out lore and like great like history. And they're doing, trying to have that equal amount of alien species that are just all brand new and just trying to fill, like you you put a mask on an extra and push them into a room. Yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I, I guess I see what you're saying. It's sci-fi. They should like try to flush them out a bit more. It's sci-fi UN. You just need aliens everywhere. I mean, Orville. On the other hand, they do it well. <laughs> this, like, this whole conversation point kind of falls flat when we we hold it up next to. Remember when they changed how Klingons look? Which time yeah. that brings up a yeah. <laughs> brings up a what? A, a fight. Just <laughs> say a trigger. How yeah. are, how are Klingons going to look in Picard, guys? I know Michael Dorn has. They have se- shown Worf, like they've looking shown like yeah, TNG. They've shown TNG Worf. Michael Dorn, the actor of Worf, has said that he will not be in this show unless it has a meaningful. His character has a meaningful spot in it. Oh, he's not going to be. In the he show. doesn't want to just be a hey, remember me, and then gone the next episode. So he pulled a wedge from Star Wars again, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I like how that character proposed that to Picard, and he's like, "No, no, we shouldn't do that." About, oh, getting together with all the others. Then no, he looked at the camera and wiped sweat off his brow. <laughs> though, though it did importantly uh, confirm that, or Jordy. seemingly confirm that Jordy is alive. He, he mentioned did not Jordy, die. Yeah. Jordy LaForge. Oh yeah, he yeah. didn't die in the uh, attacks on Utopia Planitia, which you know in the in the first episode there or, or in somewhere there or, or maybe it's in the Children of Mars. They clearly show like the space stations around it getting blown up too. So I was pretty sure Jordy was going to be gone, but. Nope. It would have been cool to get a Jordy appearance in the flashback to before the synth attack. Yeah. And like maybe leave it vague as to whether he survived and then. Yeah. They just needed to have him like, like, you know, like staring at something looking like a warp core yeah. and then yelling at everybody, get out, get out, get out. And then go roll under the doors. It closes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what his, happens. His what rank, does. <laughs> his rank at Utopia Planitia is probably high enough. Where the second there's any sign of trouble, everyone else got like an alarm klaxon and he got an open door to his special private yacht. <laughs> and he, he was like the first the ship to warp out of there. lifted and you see his yacht right. there. He's like, oh, time to go. And then <laughs> gone instantly. I was going to make a joke about his visor had was solid in the future that the droid attack was going to happen. But I thought, nah. He doesn't have a visor anymore. Yeah. So oh. Do you guys remember the first few episodes of Next Generation? Of Nemesis? <laughs> Listen, they had to get a scan on something. They're having trouble getting rings. Like, yeah. Jordy, can you check it out? And he fucking went to a window and looked out the window with his visor because that had better sensors than the yeah. the ship, yeah. which he had described as the most advanced piece of technology ever built by humans. Do you remember they the did epi- it again in Discovery, kind of, with the Kelpian oh, eyes yeah. being able to see shit. That- He's like, I can see heat through this computer screen. We good. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did you ever, do you remember the episode uh, where they actually hooked up Jordy's visor to the main view screen when he went over yeah. onto like, a, <laughs> the other ship? And uh, it was like just this this like mess, and like Picard was even like like the you know going like how do you see anything in this? And Jordy's like eh, you get used to it. But I remember <laughs> that it was actually he uh, he saw a a glowing aura around Data, and he was surprised to learn that other people didn't see glowing auras around androids. Huh. That's like the thing I was saying earlier that I heard a lot of. Um, people who are born deaf and then get their hearing back later on are surprised the sun doesn't make sound. Yeah, yeah. 
Do deaf people think people yawning or screaming? <laughs> well, what are they? I don't know where to start with that. Or do no. they think people that are screaming are yawning? <laughs> okay, if if you're that uninformed about sounds, all of you, our deaf listeners. What did you <laughs> <laughs> like? If, if you're that sorry. if you're that uninformed and inexperienced about sound, where are you getting the idea of screaming? I imagine it, screaming is a feeling, right? Like you can feel your body. Can you feel someone else scream? Probably not. You, but you can hear your you no, can but you can see scream. everyone else react to the, yeah, the scream. Yeah. Plus, yeah, you're you're gonna have different like facial expressions compared to screaming, screaming versus yawning for sure. Oh, but but would you think like a lot of times if like one person screams, like other people are gonna scream right away around them? But on the other hand, oh, if, yeah. if one person yawns, other people will yawn, but it's much slower. It's a delay. <laughs> so yeah. does yeah. it appear like it's just a slow scream? It isn't like contiguous. Yeah. What if someone who can't Continuous. hear sees a bunch of people Continuous? start screaming and then starts yawning? Because it's contagious. I think contiguous is when like the start oh, is at the end of something else, oh. and then the continuous is when it doesn't end at all. Hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so. Fun word fact. I most of this episode it started with the only combat being in the first five minutes of the episode, and the rest of it was just walking and talking. That's. I'm okay with. It. There was Which combat is in this. Fine. I like. I like the scene where he goes into Starfleet and asks for a ship, and like she just gets the admiral or whatever. There. She fucking shoot him out. <laughs> she What'd got she say? pissed off at him. Sheer. Fucking hubris. <laughs> that was a great scene. Great yeah. high energy scene. Yeah. And like he, he walked in. You know what? I think I'll demo- I'll be willing to go back down the captain if it gets me a ship. <laughs> and then just got fucking bitch slapped back yeah. and forth. Honestly, like the that scene hurt. of the episode that I liked, everything else I just kind of forgot really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember much of this episode either. There is uh, not Spock having sex with Dodge's with sister. Not Dodge. <laughs> with not Dodge. Yeah, with, not Dodge. He, not Spock was having sex with Dr. Aki Ross from Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a doctor. A uh, scientist. In Final Fantasy Spirits of the? Something like that, yeah. Okay, good. And then the Section 31 is in Starfleet, and they're talking with the... You know, Sorry, you mean, you mean the Tasha Yar? The, the, the Tasha uh, Yar of the I don't think that was. I don't think that was Section 31. Well, there. I say yeah, Section no, 31. The, I mean the double the secret. Rush. It was the Baba yeah. Yaga, the people who don't like oh, Yaga. The Baba Yaga. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, think that, I think that that's not a Vulcan. That, that yeah. was weird because well, she the guy, said, the guy she said, said little brother to the yeah. not Spock. The yeah, human, not Spock. What was that about? The human is a Vulcan. Oh, she th- yeah, because he makes a comment about oh you round eye. He called her a round eye. No, he called her round he ears. Said, look, round, weird. that's what he I meant. Said, not round eye. Whoops. He says he actually says your your outfit or your costume yeah. looks ridiculous, and said with your with the rounded ears, she's yeah. been surgically altered to look human. Yeah, just like uh, a certain subplot in Discovery. Right. And well, next generation and and and, it, <laughs> and you, Deep Space Nine. You know, and in the old series, and the, the way that they that the way they stole that cloaking device off the Romulan ship was they gave Kirk pointy ears and sent him over there. Why didn't they just send Spock over? He was there too, right? Yeah, yeah, both of oh, okay, them. Okay, okay, okay. But but they actually gave him they gave Kirk a Romulan uniform in pointy ears. I'm sorry, it's a little wow. more detailed than that. Uh, eh. But but I was actually eh. referring to the uh, I was referring to the Commodore, the Vulcan looking Commodore. I yeah. think she's Romulan. Yeah, it's been done. Yeah, before. yeah. I think they all are. They're all Romulan, and yeah. and this is where I think that idea of maybe the uh, the sense we're trying to protect Starfleet and the Federation was like this is what the Romulans are able to do after their homeworld gets blown to hell. Like what you know, you know what, and not and they're not rescued. What would have happened if you brought more of them in? Uh, you know, it would have just been even more of this. So the androids are anti-immigration. Yeah, yeah. It's, I was gonna say that doesn't sound very like a Star Trekky plot. Make Starfleet great again. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, oh I mean, no. you just you just yeah. change those orange uniforms well. for red baseball caps. <laughs> yeah. So that's Picard's mission is to make Starfleet great again, but in the other way. <laughs> yeah. Is that what he meant when he said it's not Starfleet anymore? <laughs> like he wasn't talking about them. Like yeah, he's like this isn't the America I remember. Yeah. But then again, he wanted to. I don't know. I, I like uh, how the receptionist didn't know who he was. What if um, until like it came up on his computer yeah. and then like, like oh, uh, oh, good to see you out of the retirement home, sir. Dude, yeah. those com badges are from Star Trek Online. Yeah, are they? Yeah. Or did they originate from somewhere else in Star Trek Online? Use them? Possible. I uh, I didn't even confirm it. No, I'm pretty sure they're from the game. I I believe it because apparently there's like because I haven't seen it on the shows before. Yeah, no, definitely not. I was confusing. Um, what was the last episode of Next Generation? 
all, all good, good things. things. That episode that shows the Federation thirty years in the future, and that's what the the com badge is—the regular one with the three bars right. behind it. Yeah. Well, that, the bars were different numbers of bars. Basically, there are four <laughs> bars. <on> <laughs> <laughs> for captain, yes. And yeah, it stuck with Star, Star Trek Online because there was a combat on one side and then there was the rank pips on the other side mm-hmm. of the chest. It's a thumbs up. Dan, we need to get you into Star Trek Online. Yeah. I, he brought it up on his own before he got here first before you guys. Maybe I should yeah. play And he's like, it. you know, I've never played that. There's nothing in the way. It's free to play. Yeah, that's true. Tons of content and there's no like Don't play KDF. Anymore. They're like, the po- yeah. population is so much lower than Federation. You Although was, I think it's cross-faction now. I don't know. Kind of. It's weird. Um, He was excited to hear that there's so much player-created content. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounded yeah. fun. I never the tried Forge. It. Yeah. My La experience Forge? was uh, with Star Trek Online was playing Engineer, being He's bored because it's like a tank class and there's no real need to tank until end game. And then I switched over to KDF Tactical and that was fun, but then I had to deal with like the, the Klingon like plot, which like is great if you're a Klingon, but like I wasn't playing a Klingon, so it just felt like a weird <laughs> felt like a weird cosplayer the whole time. And like the last time I played, there was a weird glitch in the mission I was doing where like half the assets were invisible. I'm not sure if it was my computer, but like it looked really weird as walking through like the top half of a building, but like there's no floor. <laughs> it was not a good time. So have a working computer and apparently Star Trek Online is kind of fun. Uh, yeah. I'll give that a try. There, you I might can give play it a try. as uh, Salacious B. Crumb. What I heard uh, Evan say is two out of five would not play again unless my friends told me to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I might like, you know, MMOs are only fun with friends, really. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I'll resub to WoW every now and then, but it, it's just, it's, I'll play it for like it's, a few days. It's fun like, for the week that your friends are also subbed. Exactly. Yeah. On Star Trek Online, you could play as the fe- uh, Federation, the Klingons, the Romulans, and the Romulans after a certain period you, you get to, to join the federation they're, or they're the, the, uh, the pandas the pandaren yeah. of uh, star trek online now and, it's been a minute you and can place those ends old Starfleet, and you can play as the original series starfleet. starfleet well they, and, they just joined the federation at the end and of the you can play as star trek discovery Okay. Well, they're not technically, they're not factions. They're just starting zones. Tilly is your host in that starting zone. Yeah, yeah all of those are starting zones up until like level ten Wait, to thirty. You guys forgot a fucking faction, the uh, the Dominion. They added that with a victory. Is, uh, <laughs> oh my god, we life. did. Yeah, Jem Hadar. You, you can, can play Jem Hadar. Yeah, you can play Jem Hadar up until level thirty, and then you're back in the main map. Are you really? I or, thought that was a yeah. PvP I thought, class. Yeah, I thought it was like purely oh, PvP it? and you played it like max level or something. I'm not sure. You get to level 30 and then they cut off your Tetrasol White. <laughs> Tetrasol White. <laughs> or you just die white. of old age. How, wait, how long did they live for? I know they have really yeah, short childhood. Hours, dude. Yeah. Is it no, like lobsters video. where like we don't know how long lobsters live because every yeah. every time they get old enough, we just, ooh, that's tasty. We just eat it. There, I, I read about know, a shark. like we know exactly how long they live. <laughs> I read about a shark that's been alive since the 1500s. That's pretty cool. Wow. Right. How big was it? I don't know. Six inches. Uh, Big enough to escape uh, detection. I think I was thinking Lord of the Rings Online when I was thinking of the Jem'Hadar. I know they have like the ability to play as the orcs and shit. I am and that's pretty sure PvP. that the Jem'Hadar are not in Lord of the Rings Online. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, just, recent, I meant like in terms of having a PvP faction. I recently watched okay. Fellowship of the Ring and I'm not as certain as you are. Certain about what? <laughs> that okay. there are no Jem'Hadar in it. Dude, those orcs are <laughs> oh, mud yeah. people. They no. were No, they weren't orcs. They were... um. They're a mix of something. They're like half Yurikai? goblin and half... Yeah. Yurikai, yeah. Well, goblin and orcs are pretty much the same thing in Lord of the Rings lore. Um, there's one thing I do want to say. In the Hobbit... It's alpha and beta. No, like one of them can't move around in the daylight. <laughs> well, it's the so Uri- they cross so they can. The Urukai are the ones that can go in the daylight, right? Yeah. yeah. And Peter Jackson's The Hobbit, the orcs do kind of look like Jem'Hadar because they're like, yeah. there's like one albino oh, yeah. one. And it, it, yeah. Okay. Just like in Star Trek Discovery. Oh, no. Right. The torch bear. So, okay, yeah, back to yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> Uh, like just a couple things I wanted to point out about uh, <laughs> this, this latest episode of uh, Picard. That uh, w- one thing that I I just kind of found entertaining. And then a few uh, I feel like I have to point out some of the Easter eggs since they put so damn many okay. of them in there. Oh yeah, the Doctor. Well, I, actually, by the Hollow Doctor. Uh, okay, the the no. Doctor. He wasn't in there, was he? No, no not the Hollow Doctor. His Doctor. That oh, that, that wasn't traveler. it. Like I was so certain from the, I was so certain from the previews yeah. that we saw ages ago that it was going to be the Traveler because that dude looks just like the Traveler. Yep. And you know that's just what that dude happens to look like. He actually looks like a Star Trek alien. It's amazing, but it's not the same guy. It's not the same character. It's not the same actor. And you're not the first only person to think of that either. If yeah. you Google the actor's name and go Star Trek, it goes, was this guy the traveler? And there's a, a paragraph of no, that's not the traveler. This is the first time this actor has ever been in Star Trek. You've seen him in a lot of stuff, 
but he's not the Traveler. The Traveler is not in Picard yet, and he is not the Traveler. I think right. Dan thinks all old white guys look the same. They all look like they the do, tra- though. Do I look like the Traveler? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the Traveler. You'd have to okay. show me a picture. Um, I'm an old white guy, just for our listeners <laughs> out there. Uh, oh, don't worry, Connor's pulling up a picture of the Traveler. Oh, um, uh, so anyway, that that was that actually wasn't one of the things I was going to bring up. Uh, but I was wow, going to say that up fast. The uh, I like oh, the. He looks Bajoran. You know what? what? Maybe. Yeah, show him the other. Yeah, the, same haircut. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it, similar profiles. Oh, well, yeah, they definitely do look very similar, especially yeah. at that distance. Yeah. So I liked uh, when when uh, Picard went into Starfleet. There, they had the hologram of the Enterprise, and it was the it was the original. Well, the refit for the movies version of the Enterprise, and then it changed to the Enterprise D. Was it the refit? Yeah, it was the refit. It had the okay. kind of the more. It wasn't the round nacelles. It was the squarer. I thought they were uh, round. No, okay. it, it was definitely it was the refit. Wait, it was the Enterprise D when he walked into Starfleet? No, it was the it was the Enterprise one seven zero one. Okay, but the refit, yeah, not the not the TV series one, the movie one. Yeah, and then it changed to the D. Yeah, why did it change the because D? Because it cycles through the the most important ships in Starfleet, because which are the all two of them it, and the other Enterprise. It's because, it's because we love the D. I mean, yeah. we do love we the D, lo- but like, the, the D is the biggest. The Defiant. It is. The D is the biggest. We all love the Defiant, lads. Uh, is the D it's, uh, it's circumcised biggest. or uncircumcised? Um, Whenever the, the biggest soft part. section separates. I'll let you know in a second. It's technically bigger than the E, but the E is technically longer than D. And since the... Um, I like my D thick. Wait, is E the Voyager okay. one? I would rather. No. I'd rather have it girthier kind of? than Lancer. E was the Nemesis one. Wait, Voyager. That isn't an. It's an intrepid. It's an class. intrepid class. Mm-hmm. It's a little guy. Yeah. yeah, it's tiny. I think Cannon is like two hundred people on board. Yeah, something ri- or five. So, something ridiculous. Okay, wait. So they make a ship that actually would fit like a thousand people, and then instead of just like having it be that crew, they just reduce it by like eight times to make it a fucking two hundred. I didn't do the math right, but don't yeah. fucking. Were don't there two hundred survivors, me. or is that the normal crew size? I don't remember. Uh, I think they were down a few. I They're think definitely th- down a lot. Yeah, were they? I thought they just got teleported. No, like well, when they, they got teleported and then blasted. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. But well. th- there's a reason. There's a reason they were using the emergency medical hologram as their primary doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is Neelix having a it, bath at the at the start of Voyager. <laughs> there was a doctor on board the ship. Okay. <laughs> You know, two and then by the end of Voyager, there was a doctor on the ship. Well, yes, a doctor and a nurse. But yeah, at the start, by the end of the second episode, there was no more doctor. Um, so I like that. I liked. uh, Oh, uh, they they had their reference to Discovery. uh, Yeah, every time they showed a fucking ship. No, oh, there was that, but when. that was weird. That is the, the taxi. The taxi was a literal uh, taxi discovery uh, shuttle, like painted most yellow with taxi written on it. Evan came up with a good point about the taxi. What? 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 I don't why do you shit. have a fucking taxi when you're on Earth and can teleport? Yeah. Why do you, they have fucking interplanetary like taxis like on the same planet? Why? Why wouldn't you just transport to different places on the same planet? Maybe transports require more infrastructure. I thought you can just send people from them. You don't have to have like a receiving pad anymore. I was about to say there's probably a large demand, and you never did. But in the yeah. uh, <laughs> oh okay, when Picard, I thought, I thought in the original series you had to like yeah, use Enterprise send down to the planet. Yeah, but like I thought when you had to go back to the ship, you had to use the pad or something. No. And they know. even had site to site transports on Next Generation, which in the ship to another point in the yeah. ship. It really yeah. makes you wonder. Yeah, they'd always transport people to the brig and shit like that. <laughs> did, did they have site to site in um, TOS? I'm off the clock, site to site. I think <laughs> they did. Like, yeah. when TOS? Could you teleport to different parts of the ship in TOS, or could you only teleport off of the holopad to oh, a planet and then back on through the holopad? I think. They would have had a medical emergency, or right? telepad, I think the they called. may have had a couple times where they did, they transported, I don't know if they transported a person, but they transported something like from someplace in the ship that wasn't on a transporter pad, but it was a really big deal when they did that. And I don't okay. know if they ever showed them doing it with a person. So I think, I think maybe in the TOS, I think maybe one end of it had to be mm-hmm. a pad. But but either way, by Picard, you could easily just yeah. transport someone across a fucking planet, so, no problem. So my reference to Discovery wasn't to do with those shuttles at all. It was when the uh, the guys working on Utopia Planitia were getting their uh, food out of their little replicator thing. Yeah. 
uh one of them said that like i wish i wish they hadn't switched uh away from the uh unimatrix um uh una una uh, matrix oh, what's uh, the word for that? which is a short trek reference. Well, yeah with short trek reference where where spock was stuck in the elevator with number one and he was asking about like do, do you use this matrix or this matrix for your food replicators and she said we use the una uh something matrix and that's her name yeah. in it so it's like she came up with a new one and in in the uh the guys working on utopia planitia said they made a reference to that saying that they preferred that matrix unimatrix zero one yeah <laughs> so, that's where the board queen is i know it? i hate saying that unimatrix and not saying unimatrix yeah. anyway so there there was that the uh asimov book that um yeah doctor, the doctor the the uh the allison pills character yeah had in um it was the complete robot Oh. Uh, which is a, a selection, a collection of Asimov's short stories, all of uh-huh. his robot short yeah. stories, which, you know, th- th- that kind of, I think it's kind of interesting, but that ties back. He's the guy who came up with the positronic brain was actually the concept was Asimov. Now, not that like they really ever explained what that really meant in it, but that was, um, you know, just his concept of what you needed for like the uh, sentient robot. Uh, and it also, in his stories, you know, they had, you know, the enforcing the whole three laws of robotics mm-hmm. thing, which very clearly that is not what's going on in here because not only did the robot not obey, or not only did the robot harm humans, not obey orders, but it also harmed itself. So it actually, that synth broke all three laws of robotics in about 30 seconds. The laws well, are like no. Wasn't like a big part of those stories that the three laws basically didn't work and that they're like a big band-aid that That is unlike the Will Smith story of movie of iRobot, the Asimov book is nothing like that at all. It's a mm. bunch of short stories and it's actually exactly that. It's all stories about how these three simple laws just don't really work. Yeah. Not, not even don't really work. They just it's completely ridiculous and stupid to try to like simplify something that much. Are you shit talking Will Smith right now? I mean, it's a good movie. I, it I'm, just doesn't have like much to do with the book. Right. But uh, like you're saying, the three laws are, I think number one is... Um, See no evil, hear no evil, say no evil. <laughs> no, no. It's like you have to obey every order given to you by like a human being. And then number two is... You it, have number to, one is you can't harm a human being. Can't, can't harm a human being, sorry. Number t- two is you have to obey a human being unless it violates the first law. Mm-hmm. And number three is you have to, you can't harm yourself unless yeah. it violates the first or second law. Yeah. I think um, I, the Isaac Asimov book being in the episode and then the robot literally doing all three of those things, including the last one, which as Connor pointed out was completely unnecessary because the place getting bombed. I think it, that was commentary about the story, definitely. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, Evan said oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'm 100% taking credit, though. <laughs> yeah, do it. And then when... Uh, Mining lasers are cool. Yeah, I liked it. The it mining lasers cool. seem very powerful, which is a definitely seems like a callback to 2009 Star Trek, where the Romulans send a mining vessel back in time to blow up everything in the Federation. Do you guys yeah. think it was weird to keep those mining lasers in the break room? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> also, I huh. don't wait. Yeah, whenever they were in the in the break, was it the break room or was it? The I think it was like room? a break. They were room. sitting down, they're making food. I don't yeah. know. I didn't watch yeah, it but that closely. In it was as much of a break room as those guys got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was it the also same had room. A computer that yeah. apparently linked to everything too. So. Star Trek. The walls computer. were computers, and in the middle mm-hmm. tables had the holographic computers also. So Again, I think it looks it, like something straight out of the expanse. That yeah. whole fucking scene on Mars, even the hallways and shit. I I don't like the constant use of holograms now. Like I get that this is the most forward Star Trek show in the timeline there's ever been until Discovery season three. But I, I just miss seeing L cars, like all the computers are on the surface, like they're touching oh, yeah, the yeah. surface and everything. Well, I kind of wish s- that the holograms looked like L cars. Like I, can, yeah. I don't mind them being they holograms do. so much is that like the interface doesn't really look too much. I think it does. Okay. I don't think it does. Well, Am as the- someone who's barely watched Star Trek, I don't think they look like it. <laughs> Am I the only one who didn't hate the holograms? I don't hate them I, as a concept. I just don't like. Is it all the hours they put in STO where like that's the standard? I no. I actually I didn't hate the holograms. Um, 
I didn't hate the holograms at all. I I, I didn't even notice them. It I just seemed natural. You know, when they had the stuff in uh, Discovery, I didn't care for it because it was. It seemed yeah. like you know you didn't so have far it. In the past. Yeah, it was too far in the past. I you know so I kind of it was a little jarring back then for that. But then you know then they had their kind of explanation for it or you know how they got rid of them. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was you know I mean we've had you know a Star Trek series where there was a holographic character. You know, so mm-hmm. I remember uh, that it was literal. Like we have to talk about this technology because it's so new on Deep Space Nine on the Defiant. Whenever they were able to have a hologram projection of like a communication between two people, mm. uh, the captain right. was like, oh, "Okay, let's initialize this new technology." And it's just like a little platform on the ground, this lit light, and then there's an the actor standing there. Well, you know, and after ever since they had the holodeck on. Uh, you know, in Next Generation, it was so ridiculously good. You, you know, the quality yeah. of the holograms and all that. That, but of course, they had to have an entire room dedicated to that. But it kind of makes sense that, like, as you go forward in the future, you're going to have other holographic technology. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to get more and more uh, advanced, but still not, you know, not perfect. You know, of course, the Doctor's little mobile emitter that came from the future, the 29th century. Yeah, yeah. So you know, they'll pick that up in the season three of Discovery. <laughs> You guys yeah. know where the holodeck's wall pattern comes well, it's from? Well, beyond that, isn't it? No. During production, they had to figure out, okay, what are the walls of the holograms going to look like? And like, this, like uh, I don't know, they were showing, the special effects guy was showing whoever was calling the shots, right? All the different examples. No, not that one. Not that one. And he's like, what about that? Like the default background of the software he's using to show the background. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. So they just, they use that, the black oh, with but yellow kinda, grid on it. That's funny and, and kind of makes sense. Yeah, it fits. Yeah. It's yeah. really appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's cool. The uh, the the final little Easter egg thing that I picked up on was when uh, Picard goes to uh, meet up with his with his old uh, first officer. What's her name? Raffi? I have no idea. Raphael. Uh, Raffi, Yeah, I think I may be wrong on that. But that was by the way in the comic they established that he she was his first officer on another ship after Enterprise. Stargazer. No, it was after after, after Enterprise. Enterprise. He, she, she was his last first officer, huh. I believe. The one like That's where they tried to talk to where they were like right? when he was trying. Yeah, when he was rescuing the Romulans, she was his first officer. Huh. Um, but and he, something happened where now she welcomes him with a gun, like Kill Bill style, right? But uh, apparently, she's living out at the Vasquez Rocks, uh, which that's where they used to film. Pretty much every alien planet in the old series of Star Trek. And, yeah, and yeah. Rocks. yeah, those yeah. rocks. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of where they drove the Argo around. Oh, totally. It's where, you Kirk know, fought it's the where Cork, Kirk fought the Gorn. It's uh, Bill and Ted went there, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know. I hope they make an appearance in Picard. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. They can't the temporal time war. <laughs> what? Well, they can be refugees. From it. <laughs> <laughs> Discovery's going to bump into them. Them and all the temporal agents. So, the only thing I want to say is I don't... If there were... The if, only thing? Yeah, the only thing mm-hmm. left that I want to bring up... Don't make promises you can't keep. Is the only thing that's knocking at my door to bring up is whenever the Romulans were trying to capture Dodge, they teleported in and then threw a knife. If you wanted yeah, to capture her alive or get rid of her, can you just beam her to your ship or just beam her into space? Yes. I mean... Maybe they wanted to subdue the robot before it gets on their ship so it doesn't like break out and hack everything. I mean, listen, they had to tell a story, right? And they had to show us things that move that story along. Alex Kurtzman. And it's just a TV show. And in the words of William Shatner... Get a life. 